0: Hi everyone, I'm Riyadh Alkyol and this is Dignified Resilience, a podcast on fresh narratives on confronting despair, alleviating distress, and forging ahead. In this podcast, we hear from people around the globe at all stages of life and variety of industries and learn how to channel Dignified Resilience to survive, feed the soul to heal, and connect with others through inspiring compassionate actions and behavior. At the same time, I aim to grow a global conversation that seeks to better acknowledge different sociocultural perspectives on meaningfully weathering life's adversities and achieving well-being. Here is a noble and humane invitation for surpassing our old selves by learning about and from other people's moving forces and limitations for successfully overcoming affliction and ache. Remember, we have different lives, distinct pathways, cultures, and contexts, but we can find common ground in supporting dignified resilience anywhere so
1: let's go then hello everyone and welcome to dignified resilience i'm so excited to have as my guest a film director blerta basholly with me today blerta is a filmmaker from kosovo who tackles gender and social issues through her movies she was educating in film directing at kosovo's arts academy of Pristina and subsequently earned a Master of Fine Arts in Film and Television in New York University. Her latest movie, Hive, is one of the 15 films shortlisted for Best International Feature Film at the 2022 Oscars. Um, Films from 92 countries were eligible in the category. It's really exciting. Um, The film also won many awards so far at the Sundance Film Festival last year, was shown at uh, major festivals around the world. Oscars is just the latest, though, of course, great recognition. And just before New Year's, I spoke with a friend from London, uh, Teuta, who reminded me and told me about this film and she was going to watch it. And she said, maybe you can write about it. And so then I frantically looked over platforms where I can uh, see the film and I was very happy to find a place where I can rent it here in the United States and was very excited when Blerta found time to come here and join me and tell our listeners and viewers more about this film. Uh, We'll talk about it all first. Welcome, Blerta. Thank you so much for coming. Um, Congratulations. And how are you today?
2: I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And thank you for all the nice words.
1: Of course. So um, the film is inspired by the true story of Fahriye from Krusha village in Kosovo. She's a woman who lost a husband during the war in Kosovo in the 1999. She keeps searching for him uh, because he's missing, just like 1,625 people uh, still officially unaccounted from what I researched from the information in December Mm -hmm. last year. And in order to keep her family going, and to ensure livelihood she comes up with a, with the idea to how to establish a cooperative that's not easy she experiences all sorts of hardships tell us blerta how did you learn of a story and how did that idea come to fruition
2: um well i we heard this story uh, about her on tv while we were still in us and it's actually my then boyfriend now my husband heard the story luckily he listens to news and Fahriye, besides doing all the amazing things, um, she was quite present in the media as well. Um, So she uh, she told her story. She didn't keep that story hidden. So she told the story about the war. She was very active about doing something about finding the missing people in general. And then uh, and then she also uh, talked a lot about how she built the business, the obstacles and everything. So that's how we came. She was, uh, she was present in the media. We got to hear her story. And then uh, when we came back to Kosovo, we went to meet Fahie in prison and asked her um, if she wants us to do a story about her, a film about her. And in a way, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if she's going to want us to do a film about her because I knew that people did a documentary with her. So sometimes people just get tired. Of, of the film thing so I was like maybe she's not gonna want but I, I wanted to meet her anyway uh, just to really uh, tell her how, ama- how what amazing things she did and how proud she makes me and how maybe to even encourage her more but it's not that she really needed my encouragement because she I ended up being the encouraged one because she's such a strong person and she's really inspiring to just just talk to her and and uh, and she really didn't need to be even more like encouraged because she does have that in herself. Um, so we went to meet her and uh, and ask her. And luckily, I worked with Ulka Gashi before and um, casted Ulka even uh, even before starting to write the script, even before getting the rights to the story. So we went with together with Ulka, another friend of ours, Armand, and and my husband, Artan, to meet her. And because she knew Armand and Ulka, they're like famous actors, Um, Fahria was really open from the beginning. So she really had, we had her trust from the very first meeting and she accepted immediately and uh, worked with us since then. So that was like really, uh, really an amazing meeting. We spoke for several hours from the first time we met her and um, that's how it started.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Yil Kagashi, who did such a super remarkable job um, of of playing Fahria. And in the story, in the film, we see how she goes against the wishes of her family, father-in-law, daughter, people in her village uh, at the beginning. And then she has support of few friends, and then slowly um, she she gets the support and um, of of other women as well. And doesn't that also me- mean and remind us of the necessity of leaders like Fahriye who had it in her and she didn't give up allowing others who were scared to slowly come in she didn't give up from them either right
2: yeah exactly i mean she always mentioned that without the support of the women she couldn't have done it uh, but of course she was the leader she was the visionary um Fahriye Um, didn't uh, have a chance to study and go to the university. So uh, I'm not even sure. I don't think she even finished um, secondary school. And yet uh, she decided to do something for herself. And she decided to do it together with the women, which was not easy as well, because it was a post-traumatic, post-war, a traumatic uh, society. So everybody was really, it was really chaos to be in Kosovo after the war, um like the happiness of freedom the all, all of a sudden too many choices to do something and then and then the pain for what uh for the loss uh of many people and a lot of people also lost their houses let's say faria and a lot of people lost their houses as well besides losing uh their family members uh so in that sense it was very chaotic and and people were really hard to deal with cuz uh, these women were really resisting but Fahriya did not give up on, on her dream. She did not give up on uh, convincing the women to join her. And But when they did, they were like a really good uh, community uh, that help each other. It's really good chemistry. It's really lovely to even see them, even today, the way they work, the way they they joke, the way they, uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of times they still cry because Fahriya and a lot of other women still haven't found... Uh, they're missing people, uh, from their families, but, um, still, uh, they do, they found a way to move on together. And that's really amazing. And and that's really amazing that she didn't give up because as you said, if she had given up, then nothing would have happened for any of them. Uh, but she just found the strength to always be able to stand up and continue no matter what, no matter how many obstacles she had on the way, because, um, I, I always, um, use this uh this expression of like i think like um uh giving up was knocking on her door every day every minute and she had all the obstacles and the pain for having lost her husband and not having him there because everything would have been easier in in a particular patriarchal society everything would have been easier if he had been there uh, so for her it was the pain of not having him there but also the pain of missing the one that you love and dealing with with everything else and and she did it she found the strength and um just stayed on her feet and and continued to to move on
1: and so we fahi is a beekeeper obviously but the title of the film hive is a good reflection of the community that you mentioned as well how how did you get, come to the title uh, of the film? How did you decide to, to give it that name?
2: Uh, well, I, I wanted a title that really reflects something of what she does, of the community, and connected with the bees and everything. And my friend, um, who's a screen, script writer, Visar Khrusha, he came up with a title, to be honest. Uh, and in in Albania, even the way it sounds, joy. It has. It, it to me, it sounds like the the meaning of the actual hive. You know, like joy, like zua, like something that you put uh, people together. And Fahria felt like the the bee queen. I mean, she was able to convince the women be patient with them. Uh, she was there um leader she was their psychologist because they would gather together and and cry and as soon as the women would cry she decided to play music for them and and didn't let them cry she told them let's go let's start dancing and and then she took them and went to have a coffee in the village coffee place where usually only men have coffees and and people would look at them and she was like i don't care i'm gonna have a coffee every day here and she would gather the women and went and even just that act a simple act of having a coffee in in a, in a coffee place at the village uh it's an act of standing up for yourself and and doing something about it because they were in pain and she was saying like we were going crazy uh so uh she was like we needed to do something about for ourselves we needed to do it to stay sane because we had children to raise. So in that sense, she was like, we couldn't afford to go crazy. Like so we, could, we had to stay sane, work and provide for our kids because then we would have lost them and then we would have, it would have been too late. So in that sense, I really just wanted how, how can I wrap up that with a, with a title like, uh, that will describe that? describe her, describe the community, plus she worked with bees and, and later on uh, with all the women in IVAR. So I thought, uh, I mean, a lot of people had had a problem with the English version of it as a hive sounded a little bit like uh, maybe horror film or something, but I was like, oh, I, yeah, I, I will just keep it because it was that name from the beginning. And, and uh, I think I really identified with it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really powerful and intriguing intriguing film, because first, when we see just the beginning of the trailer and we see Hive, we see her as a beekeeper, but there's so much more going on um, in the film afterwards. And um, she also kept on fulfilling her duties towards her father-in-law, Haji, who is a very complex character as well. She lives with her and two kids and... Seeing such stories, and this is one from so many, right? um, Across the region, if I can add, uh, in Kosovo Kosovo as well. who have had to do deal so much with the loss is inspiring and commendable, of course. And on top of everything, like you said, there is one dialogue with a woman who works for international organization and, you know, Fahriya um, tells her, we don't need funds. We don't need organization. We need work. We're going insane. Don't you see none of us are okay, like you say. So there is that drive both to uh, provide for the family, but also to feel productive in a way. Uh, and, and so, To see that combined with grief, so much grief, I was curious, how did you, because the grief is both obvious and subtle, Uh, how did you decide about conveying grief to to the viewers?
2: Uh, Well, there is a word that I I, I sometimes use, is like the absence of the husband uh, is so present for them. Uh, because first of all, they loved their husbands and they're missing them because they lost someone that they love. They lost the father of their children. So in that sense, for me, I thought that I, I kind of tried on, I, I, luckily I didn't lose anyone during the war, uh, but we've mit, witnessed and seen a lot. And I just really wanted to be able to understand this missing of this husband from many point of views. Um, like one day he's not, you're mad and Sad because he's not there. Because the society is prejudicing you. One day you're mad and sad because you're missing him. One day I'm sad because the children are missing him. So in a way, I thought that every corner of the house, you can feel his absence. And and how do you deal with that? And how do you how do you continue when you have that every day and and every moment in your life? So I kind of wanted that to be present, but. When you're living with it, it's it's not always as as uh, as obvious. And then these women, it's not that they really were expected to ex- express their uh, their um, inner emotions and how they're feeling and whether they're missing someone because it, it was their partner, uh, whether they have any needs, uh, like I mean, let's not even say sexual needs, but but just the need to have someone uh, next to them who was their loved one. Uh, in general, it wasn't expected from them to like talk about it. And, and it wasn't expected for them to work or to be happy about anything, because they were just really expected to stay at home, uh, cry all day and grieve uh, and mourn for their uh, husbands. And in a way, I was like, how do you continue with all those um, expectations and in a society and culture when a lot where a lot of things are kind of um uh, subtext rather than said directly um so i wanted to use that as a language of the film because it's a society that i'm i've grown up with and i know how i've been very close i am very close to my father even today and i've been always and i think i got the love for filmmaking from him uh, but uh when it came to talking about relationships and things like that he would say things to me uh, let's say, for an ex-boyfriend or someone that I broke up with, but in, in a very indirect way. Uh, in very indirect. He just really wanted to console me and to make me feel better, but it was never directly spoken. I spoke to my mom, but not to my father. So it was it was this kind of uh, way of communicating that I really wanted to use as a language and symbolic of the film and didn't want to express a lot because also Fadi is such a strong character. She's like really... Talking about everything she's went through, but in a very uh, in a very calm and and stoic kind of way that I, I kind of wanted to feel that in 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 the film as well.
1: And there are so many details. For example, when she, I mean, how you show how she is thinking uh, late at night, early in dawn. We have her kids um, in in the scene next to her in the shower. Very moving, heartbreaking scene. Even when she sees her son um, she looks at her son in one point and I have three boys and I'm thinking she's probably thinking of her husband or the future and where is the father as well and when you mentioned that grief I thought it was very interesting and important that you portrayed for example the resistance of the father-in-law to give blood for DNA because so many people are just trying to cope right with that absence in so many different ways some people can't give give away that opportunity, that possibility that they might find somebody others want to find and I always try to to uh, portray the sensitivity of different ways of coping and experiencing traumas um, in in the region. So I'm um, curious to ask you how was Fahria's reaction to the film when she saw it? And also, how was the film received in Kosovo? Um, in a way that, of course, you're depicting um, the country around 2000, right? And now we're in 2022, things obviously change. But I'm curious, has the film sparked conversations about some societal norms that you addressed in the film? Um, well,
2: it did in a way. I mean, I'm. I just really, I just wanted to, go back a little bit to the fall actor because I maybe I love him uh, but but you you also mentioned and and yes it's, it's for me it was really important to talk about these issues I mean you're from Rosnia and you know we've been through so much and then I know people from here sometimes I are tired of talking about these topics although my film indirectly uh, well quite directly for the missing people but it, it's not like a war war film it's a post-war film uh, but still, with a lot of like um, casualties from the war. Um, so, um, in a way, I always, I, I kind of wanted to think about how these, people, how they deal with the grief, and and like how do you accept um, um, that someone is gone, and how do you give the hope away in a way, uh, and do you want to do that? And for me, that was really interesting talking to uh, forensic doctors that. Uh, They they told me cases when people didn't want to give the DNA because they just didn't want to accept the truth. They didn't want to know. They wanted to live in that hope that they're going to come back. So they didn't even want to know even when it was for sure someone that they had lost uh, when they found the body. Some people didn't even want to go and identify. And that must be really hard for all the people in Bosnia and Kosovo or anywhere in the world. Uh, people who have gone through that must be really hard, and that's the complexity I wanted to show with the father character and with, with everyone. It's some even Faria who wants to know throughout the whole film. At some uh, towards the end of the film, we realize that maybe she's not even ready to know. I mean, she's insisting to know, but maybe she's not even ready to know. Um, so it's it's this kind of ways that um, for these people, I don't think there's a really closure to their to their story even if even if these people come alive uh, I don't know if if it's going to be uh, it's still going to be hard of course it's going to be a happy moment but probably very hard Uh, and in terms of Kosovo um, I expected to be honest I expected more um, reaction and more debate about the norms Um, um, we've shown the film in Kosovo we've shown the film in like Switzerland London and then Germany where there was a, a lot of um, um, audience from Kosovo um, So we had let's say a reaction from a guy from Krusha, uh, a mother who was living in Switzerland and he really he disagreed with the film he said he portrayed the man you portrayed the man of Krusha really badly that's not true And so he was very touched and I was really I mean, um, I, I was there when he said it and I was really, I mean, it made me sad that I made him feel like that in a way, uh, but I could really understand his point of view because he was from the village. He was, he's a man. He, he, he lives um, abroad and his nostalgia and his love for his um, hometown, of course, it hurt him even more than many other people. But then right after him, there was a reaction of a person that he was a man again. And he was like, uh, listen, it hurts the truth hurts and it hurts me to see this but thank you for telling this story so and it was a lot of cases like this guy from women and men who really it hit them hard to see it um because we do want them of course we have a lot of stories for the from the war to tell how people what people went through and and uh like telling a story of a woman empowerment in a patriarchal society where people prejudiced her, uh, and it doesn't feel for some people it doesn't feel right. It feels like we could have said something else <laughs> through a war film, and I and I agree with that. I think we should make a lot of uh, more films uh, about what we went through, and and we totally well. Uh, But in that sense, um, there were some small debates, not a lot. Mostly people were really, really inspired by her story and really uh, supported the film and and just really were happy that we chose to discuss this issue because we live in a patriarchal society. And I think many societies do in one way or another. And uh, even in U.S., women are still dealing with Equality or abuse in one way or another, I don't think we we are we, as as a world we're not really equal in general, so it's, it's there's a lot more to be done in many ways in certain societies, more than others, but um, I think it was that's also was the key that a lot of people related to it, I think.
1: And Hive is the second film from Kosovo ever nominated for Oscar, right? In 2016, there was uh, Shock, which was nominated in the short um, film category. So, from what I read, is it correct that this film took you five to six years to make it happen because also um, there was a funding, of course, uh, not issue, but there is a whole endeavor of finding funding for in our part of the world, in that part of the world, right? And uh, yeah. so, so, so now that you also you also said we have so many stories to tell. My question is, do you think that films like this, because there is a huge potential and there's actually a huge amazing output in terms of films and artistic products coming from that region. Will will there be a movement or more support both from Public and private sector for more funding for films. I saw that Kosovo Minister of Culture stated that the state will offer a dynamic aid to country's award-winning movie industry. Do you think that there will be this will galvanize that in a better way in for in the near future?
2: Um, I hope so. I mean, first, we're not we're not nominated yet, but thanks for saying. <laughs> maybe <we will. laughs> the more we mention it, maybe we. will. <laughs>
1: so so thank you Uh, anyway uh. uh,
2: but um yes i mean um it's it's everybody's really happy about hive i mean in general it's really inspired people and i hope it's inspired younger filmmakers to like continue and work because it is hard to make i mean it's hard to make films anywhere in the world because it takes a lot of people it takes a lot of Uh, Right people to get together and then the right funding and this and that, Uh, and then you have to time it well so that it comes out and it's uh, like a relevant story to tell, Um, but in countries like ours, of course, we have, I mean, we can't even talk about uh, private funding um, for now. Uh, because there's no interest at all from private funding to like support films. They do support, but in like let's say in services and smaller things, but not like really, really people who invest in films. Uh, so we basically rely mostly on uh, uh, on public funding, and which is a very, very low budget. Uh, I mean, the Cinematography Center of Kosovo does a really good job selecting projects and selecting um the project the good like you're selecting because you have a good script and and it's really a just system of doing that uh but um but then you get really uh very low uh support from them uh because they they have a, a small budget not because they want to they don't want to support you uh yes the minister wants to support uh, the film has encouraged even more the politicians to raise the budget. Um, So they're doubling the budget of the center from next year. And of course, that's not enough uh, again, but they are promising that they will continue to to raise the budget because there is a need to make more films. There's been a lot of films, especially this year, that traveled to really big festivals and almost every film uh, was in an A-list festival and got an award. Um, so in that sense, it's like we're producing usually one film a year, sometimes two or three, but like j- mostly like of one film a year. And that's not enough. I think we have a lot to say. I think we need to talk about a lot of things. And I think people are understanding that it's that through, through film, it's a really good way to talk about our past and our present and raise discussion and, even, I don't know, raise unpleasantness to certain people, but just really it raises a discussion about who agrees and disagrees with certain things. And in that way, we talk about it. And I think the the more and more people are understanding how important it is to invest in films, uh, and uh, luckily uh, they will. Uh, In terms of private funding, I don't know. I think it will take some time, but hopefully with Hive and a lot of other films succeeding, Um, private investors will understand that there is, um, uh, I mean, there will be um, a reward if you invest in in a film. So let's see how that works.
1: Surely this does, like you say, raise awareness about the powerful impact of this kind of storytelling. And I do want to ask you about I recall how last year when I was writing, actually, about Klova the, the Jasnozbanic film, which was also in this Oscar, um, Oscar season, uh, much talked about how a lot of extras and people who worked on the film were saying how they were so honored and happy to contribute because they felt that they were, well, a lot of them actually lived really through this stuff. And it was both easier and more difficult for them to participate, but it was part of history making about the history that happened. I wanted to ask you about how did this, did you have a similar feeling or conversations with uh, your team members, people who worked on this film? And was it catharsic for them in a way? Uh, Was it like a new way of bonding between them over this story, which is based on a real story, of course? And so also, how did this film change you?
2: Um, I think uh, we did. Um, I mean, because of COVID, we didn't really get a chance to get together a lot to talk about. Phelps. It was usually through smaller meetings to get the, um, the actors' impressions on how are they feeling about the um, the whole process, especially after Sundance. But, uh, I mean, we haven't gotten nominated yet, but everybody is really, really super proud and excited Uh, What happened with Hyde so far and how this story and how people are hearing about Kosovo and about our stories, and especially because it's the story of these women um, who uh, it's an inspiring story uh, at the end of the day and and their stories being heard by the whole world. So basically, not just the team members, but everyone I meet. I mean, people are recognizing me in the street and kind of are really proud and happy. And that really makes me feel. Um, really good and really uh, it feels like it was really important the whole journey more than just for us more than just for for me as a filmmaker um, of course for me it changed a lot it, it really opened a lot of doors but um, in general it's really such a good feeling for the whole crew whoever has been a assist- smallest part of the crew even the forensic doctor who helped us he's so proud and happy and he texts me and he's like I just really feel like a really big part of this film I'm so happy for you and I'm like you are a big part of this film because you helped us with very important information and detail and provided us with props for like forensic people so um, in, in that sense really makes me happy and exciting and brought us together even while we were shooting because people were really uh, a lot of people witnessed a lot, and a lot of crew members were in the witnessed the war. And um, so, when we were doing war scenes, you didn't even have to tell people that they should be quiet because there's an emotional scene. Because everybody was in the mood when they were seeing remains of bodies. Oh, although it was production design, um, people really felt like they've seen a real scene and and didn't feel sometimes didn't even feel comfortable, unfortunately, because if we would bring back memories for someone who they've lost or maybe maybe they want to identify someone uh, of their own or uh, a lot of these kind of things in a way really brought back memories. But um, I think especially with with the women actresses, it was a lot about really honoring these women. Uh, So when we were rehearsing, we did all the rehearsals the way table reading and set on set rehearsals but it was a lot about talking on how can we really portray and how can we really support each other on set the way they supported each other in real life. And so that the audience feels that, that we're not just acting that we are friends and working together, but we need to feel that beautiful energy that these women have in real life. And we're not going to feel it. If you guys don't really like each other and love each other and support each other in performing. And they really, were uh, very willing to do it and it was such a joy to work with all of them and with the whole crew uh in a way because everybody just really it was i can say it was a smooth shooting although shooting a film is always hard and it, sometimes it was hot sometimes it was nice sometimes we had to throw you kind of water so it wasn't it wasn't easy film but uh just in terms of like working with everybody everybody was really uh, loving the story, wanting to honor their story, and wanting to be part of a good part of it, and really did their best, uh, uh, everyone in their um, in their own uh, department.
1: And I know that you have a lot of interviews today, and in general in this time, so I'm not going to take too much of your time. I want to ask you uh, two more questions. I read recently that in the U.S. Zeitgeist film is distributing film in association with Kino Lorber, and it's now playing in the select U.S. theaters will continue to expand nationwide, Um, regardless of what happens uh, with the Oscars, it has made a tremendous success, Uh, what are the plans for the film uh, in the near future? Uh, Well, the
2: film is uh, going to continue to show in a lot of cinemas, uh, not only in US, but um, in Germany, and uh, in UK, Um, for, I mean, right now, we're working on the campaign, so that was the biggest Thing we were doing about it, but um, and the film is still playing in Kosovo. But uh, starting from February, the film is being released uh, in uh, online in the uh, US, so it's going to be available in a lot of uh, streaming platforms, uh, for people to rent it as VOD as, as VOD and many other, uh, options soon, uh, Zeitgeist is going to announce it and Kilo, Zeitgeist and Kinelova are going to announce it. And we're also, um, working on the press releases for, for that part as well.
1: That's amazing. Well, we already announced it. On our yeah, <laughs> but uh, we'll see if we could put this on. It's so excited, so happy to to hear that. Well, you know, Lert, uh this podcast is called Dignified Resilience, and that is what uh, Fahria represents so amazingly. I was so happy to see her photo at the end of the film, so that I could now connect, uh, you know, the the real uh, woman with the with the story. Um, and by showing it, so many could both look up to her as a role model learn um, with humility, as I always say, and uh, it reminded me of a lot of women who I know from my life. I spent early part of my life in Priština. I have some uh, beautiful memories when you were showing how they were doing Ivar, and um, it, it just brought tears to my eyes. I used to do that with my grandma and and so many other things, so um, I haven't been there in a while. Looking forward to, um, inshallah, when COVID allows us. Thank you so much for putting this screen putting this story on a screen. I wish you so much success. And um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners and viewers? see, my voice is starting to tremble when I think about <laughs> a part of my life as well. Um, yeah, no. I, 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 no. Just, just one more thing. When you were starting to say how your then boyfriend saw it on the uh, news, it reminded me also about the importance of good journalism. Uh, because some journalists made that story and put it on on TV and then your, you know, um, boyfriend, husband uh, saw it. And that, so it's a chain of good people doing good work, putting it out there. And um, I hope that this um, episode also contributes a little bit to bringing more visibility to your work in this amazing story. Is there anything else you wanna to say to, to us before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah, no, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. It's really uh, interesting that we're both from Christina and uh, that we got to do this talk. Um, as I said, for me, it's really important that this that people hear about this story. Fahriye is an inspiring story to me. I, she's still an inspiration every time I meet her. So I hope people will get to see the film, hear about her story, and be inspired by her, because if she could do it, we all can do it. So I think we should just really always remind ourselves of people like Fahriye, who, besides everything, she could continued and she decided to move on. So I think we should all try to find that strength, even with sometimes we don't have it. But you know, we should try to find it and be able to move on. So thank you for having me in your podcast.
1: Of course. And to all our um people in the audience, uh please feel free to share this. Uh, now you know that you're going to be able to see the film very soon if you're in the United States. And um stay tuned for more conversations with people from all over the globe. Hold tight to those you love and see you soon.